recording of the Worcester News, brought to you by the Worcester News and Equipment for the Blind. I am Sally Rowe and my husband Ian will be reading with me and John Plush is our sound engineer. Thank you for listening to our contribution. I hope you're all keeping safe and warm during these difficult times. We will begin by reading the headline stories, followed by the general news from the week finishing with a couple of sports items and then the obituaries will be at the end of our recording. Today's sunrise is 8.18am and sunset is 4.33pm. If you have any comments that you wish to make regarding this service, please pop a note in your envelope and a message will get back to us. Okay, for the first headline story, Cabby, people act like COVID-19 doesn't exist. A city taxi driver has spoken out about people who are flouting lockdown restrictions and disregarding the rules. Zana Zahir from St John's in Worcester is a self-employed taxi driver who says despite the lack of work almost crippling him, those he does pick up are oblivious to the lockdown. Mr Zahir said, of course this year and the last has really been very difficult for the industry. We are self-employed and get no grants or furlough. There is just no business. I waited at the taxi rank for two hours in town the other day for a £3.50 fare. My school contract has also been cancelled as children aren't going to school. So it is really tough right now. However, despite the lockdown, the people I pick up just don't seem to be bothered and we don't have a choice. A customer is a customer. I don't want any hassle from people. I'm just trying to put food on the table. Last week, I picked up a lady from town who was not wearing a mask. Then a few days later, I was dropping someone off when a young lad just jumped in the back, also without a mask. I asked him if he could put one on and he just said, if the police come, they can find me. I don't care. It was a lot worse when pubs were still open until 11. People would cram in the back, drunk, and if I said anything, I would get abuse. Some people ask me if I work for the government and tell me that COVID is not real and blank, 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 blank the virus. It is really frustrating. I wear my mask and I sanitise the car before and after each pickup, but it seems as though people just don't care. There are so many issues. Data published by the National Police Chiefs Council shows a total of 748 fixed penalty notices for breach of COVID-19 laws were issued by West Mercia Police between March 27th and December the 20th. Of these, 240 were issued for breaches of coronavirus laws brought in during the first few months of the pandemic. 61 were linked to the tiered alert system introduced in October and 198 to the nation national lockdown, which began in November. 
There were 196 for failing to wear a mask covering when required and six for breaching international travel rules. There were also six for breaking business regulations and three for gatherings held of more than 30 people. NPCC Chairman Martin Hewitt said enforcement shouldn't always equal police involvement or a fine being handed out. But he added, it is right for officers to be inquisitive about why individuals may be away from home. Those who blatantly ignore the regulations should expect to receive a fixed penalty notice and will target our resources towards those who commit the most serious breaches and put others at risk through their behaviour. Worker spat at as tensions rise. A worker at a recycling centre in Worcester has called for the County Council to introduce a booking system after a colleague was spat at when they turned a vehicle away in order to limit the number of people at the site due to coronavirus safety regulations. Derek, 67, who didn't want to mention his second name, works at the Household Recycling Centre on Bilford Road in Worcester. He believes a booking-based appointment system would, should be introduced because it would be safer for staff and visitors due to the high numbers attending. But County Councillor Tony Miller, Cabinet Member for the Environment, said residents didn't want a booking system, so there are no plans to introduce one. He said just after the first lockdown, there were cars queuing on Bilford Road to get into the tip and we were asked to turn these cars away and someone in their vehicle spat at my colleague when he turned them away. The cycling centre is currently open from 8am to 6pm on Saturday and from 10am to 4pm on Sunday. Derek, who currently works at the recycling centre once a week, said things have got worse with the new variant of Covid and when I went back to work during this lockdown, I was told by a colleague that some people were not taking it seriously. He told me he had been seeing people coming to the tip three times a day and I saw the same on the day I worked. At times, every car bay was full. It becomes difficult for people to socially distance. There have been times when we've had to turn people away. Most people are great and appreciative that we are open, but some, like mentioned, have been aggressive. Every now and again, you will get someone not willing to socially distance. Why not go with a booking system where it is safer for the staff and the public? Derek said the health and safety officer for seven waste facilities which runs the facility for the County Council, told him the company operates a booking system in Herefordshire and didn't know why Worcester didn't. Worcester County Councillor Tony Miller, Cabinet Member for the Environment, said the Council is looking into the spitting incident and are currently working to ensure staff at the site feel safe while at work. But, he said, a booking system won't be implemented. He said, we give all the guidance but some members of the public do not seem to be taking any notice, although the majority are very good. One or two always just have no regard for the people working at the tip and they treat them as though they are servants. We have looked at implementing a booking system and we have really examined booking systems that have been done elsewhere. But we feel that this facility is a service that we give to the public and it's a service they can go to any time and use and it's everything they really do cherish that they can go there without booking. After speaking to the public, the booking system was not favoured 
And if we don't listen to our residents, we're not working with them. We operated a road traffic system at this facility at points during lockdown because many people were using it. And that was a very costly exercise because of the manpower that had to be used. But at the moment, we are not in favour of the booking system and we will not be implementing one. We will continue to monitor it and never say never, but we look at what our residents require. Arrest following dangerous chase. A wanted man was arrested after a very dangerous high-speed police chase through Worcestershire roads yesterday. Police say the man in his early 20s was also wanted for an indecent assault. At least five police vehicles and a helicopter were involved in the chase that happened yesterday, that's last Friday, afternoon near Kemsey. A spokesman for West Mercia Police said, I can confirm at around 1.10pm officers in Kemsey Village witnessed a car travelling far in excess of the speed limit and gave pursuit. The car, a red Suzuki, failed to stop and several other police cars joined in the pursuit in an attempt to stop the vehicle, which was driving very fast and very dangerously. The police helicopter was called to assist and officers were able to effect a stop on the car after about an hour using a stinger device on the A1404 in Welland. A man in his early 20s was stopped using a stinger in Upton. He was arrested by colleagues at the scene and taken directly into custody at Worcester Police Station. He had an outstanding warrant on him for indecent assault and was charged with fuel theft, dangerous driving and failure to stop. Officers involved in the pursuit reported many road users moving aside to ensure that they could get through safely. We want to thank members of the public for their support. We understand it can be daunting when police vehicles are on blue lights. The chase went on for an hour with the driver veering through Kemsey three times, leaving residents of the village in shock. One said, just seeing a small red car flying through the village being chased by three unmarked police cars. Another said, must be serious, two undercover police cars absolutely tearing it down the road. Did you see the chase? Email gemma.bufton at newsquest.co.uk City Dad, I survived Covid but only just. A coronavirus survivor who spent five days in intensive care, has warned others to take the pandemic seriously as he recovers from being on death's door. Steve Kelly is now recovering at home after being rushed to Worcestershire Royal Hospital with the deadly virus and fearing the worst. The 58-year-old said he had become complacent before he caught Covid and he feels relief he didn't infect his sons when he knowing, unknowingly had the virus. Mr Kelly said, Early on, no one knew anyone who had it, and the only person I knew who had actually had it was my brother in Birmingham. It was like something that was happening, but it wasn't in my backyard. I took all the precautions, but I think I maybe got a little complacent. I presume it was too close contact with somebody that gave me it. I had suspicions about how serious Covid was. I thought it was largely exaggerated. When he got the positive test and was self-isolating at his home in Whittington Road, he had to tell his three sons, Jack, 17, Alex, 14 and Sam, 12. I saw my sons two days before my positive test and had felt fine at that point and didn't know I had Covid, he said. 
They tested negative, so I didn't feel the guilt of passing it on to someone else. But I was lucky. It shows how dangerous it is. I could have easily passed it on to them. Mr Kelly said he had been a typical man at an early stage of feeling ill, thinking an early night would fix it. And even after getting the positive test, he said he didn't fully admit how bad he was feeling. Eventually, my friends could tell how difficult I was finding it to breathe and they phoned 999 to get me an ambulance, Mr Kelly said. I was in Worcestershire Royal. I wondered with some bewilderment what all the fuss was about. It appeared the oxygen level in my blood was dangerously low. A quick x-ray showed my lungs were severely impacted as Covid wreaked its havoc. Within hours, I was in intensive care wearing a very uncomfortable oxygen mask and connected to machines and tubes. I've been asked a lot if I ever feared death, but I have to say I didn't because I was conscious throughout. I didn't feel threatened by it as I knew I was in safe hands with the hospital staff. They were all friendly. Their banter and friendly eyes made me feel better. Five long days followed, punctuated by the beeps of monitoring equipment, I was totally incapacitated. I never knew how upset family and friends were. It appears it was touch and go for a while, but I was not aware what was happening. My friend, she was in bits, and my family were really, really worried. Eventually, I left the intensive ward and it was then all about rehabilitation. I'd lost two stone in weight, but I could have lost a lot more. When I first tried to walk, I was stunned how weak I was. I can walk now, but I still wouldn't be able to do two to three mile walks like I used to be able to. The self-employed data analyst who worked with the NHS as part of his job said he could not thank hospital staff enough for what they did for him. I won't hear a bad word about them. Everyone from the cleaners to the consultants would spend a few minutes chatting with you, he said. That made my experience bearable. There is a fantastic bunch of staff at Worcester who will virtually hold your hand and do their best to get you through. Help them out. Stay safe. Stay home. Get vaccinated as soon as you're asked. Covid is dangerous. It can do you serious harm. Avoid it at all cost. My journey had a happy ending. You or someone you love may not be so lucky. Pervert caught by paedophile hunters. A pervert who wanted to have sex with little girls is now a broken man after being put behind bars by paedophile hunters. Worcester sex offender Anthony Patrick hit his face during a previous court hearing with a hood and mask. But in the end, there was nowhere to hide when he was jailed at Worcester Crown Court on Thursday. The married man, previously of Great House Road, Worcester, who is said to be at rock bottom now, tried to bed what he thought were two girls, one aged 12 and the other 13, telling his intended targets, I like my girls young. However, what the 55-year-old did not know was that he was in reality communicating with an adult paedophile hunter who had set up decoy, decoy profiles in order to protect children from the vile advances of predators like him. Patrick, who used false names to conceal his identity, was jailed for 27 months after he admitted seven sex offences. He had already indicated guilty pleas at the city's magistrate court last November. 
The father of three pleaded guilty to attempting to cause or incite a child under 13 to engage in sexual activity between January the 15th and February the 20th, 2018, after asking her to send nude photographs of herself to him. He further admitted attempting to arrange a sexual offence involving a child between the same dates. These offences involved a decoy, really an adult woman, who introduced herself as Becky. Patrick also attempted to do the same with a second child, also a decoy, called Skye, between April 10th and April 20th, 2018. In relation to this, he also admitted attempting to arrange, stroke facilitate, the commission of a child's sex offence and causing or inciting a child to engage in sexual activity involving penetration. A search of his home also revealed indecent images of children, including two at category A, the most serious, which shows children being abused by adults. He admitted three counts of making indecent images at categories A, B and C. The images were made between October the 5th, 2016 and December the 23rd, 2017. Four images were category B and 13 were category C. Patrick used an app called Chat Hour to communicate with the decoys who made their age clear to him from the start. Giles Nelson prosecuting said Patrick's conversation became explicitly sexual and he told Becky he wanted to meet her for sex. The defendant said his name was Roy and he asked the decoy who told him she was 12 for nude pictures providing his mobile phone number so she could send them to him through WhatsApp. The second decoy, who told him she was 13, was told by Patrick, who this time identified himself as Tony, would like to meet up so that they could have sex. He asked her what she was wearing under her school uniform and asked her to take off her underwear, said Mr Nelson. Patrick also told her about sexual acts he was like her to perform on herself and upon him and suggested coming to her house when he believed the decoy's mother was at work so that they could have sex. When she expressed concern she could get pregnant and have a baby, Patrick suggested another way they could have sex without this happening. Mr Nelson said it was an aggravating feature of the case that Patrick had used false names to hide his identity. Mark Shewood, defending, said his client had become depressed and his marriage had deteriorated at the time of the offences. He stated it was a form of escapism as far as he was concerned. He tells me he doesn't think he would have met up with any of these girls, said the city solicitor. Mr Shewood, who appeared over video link, said, to say Mr Patrick is ashamed is an understatement. He is effectively a broken man. He recognises he let himself down, but also his family down. Patrick was dismissed from his employment when the story was first published in the Worcester News and has also lost his marriage, his wife having filed for divorce, the advocate told the court. He is currently living with his parents as a temporary measure, said Mr Shewood. Patrick had been a man of previous good character. He's at rock bottom, said the solicitor. The sex offender has also had a biopsy for suspected colon cancer, 
and is awaiting the results. Judge Martin Jackson said the decoy had repeated to him numerous times that she was 12, but he still solicited nude photos of her. I'm satisfied there was grooming behaviour by you, he told Patrick. She raised concern about getting pregnant and about whether it would hurt and your response was, it might hurt at first, but you will get used to it. That's entirely grooming behaviour, the judge said. He described Patrick's behaviour as persistent and argued that he pressurised the decoys into sexual activity. Judge Jack Jackson jailed him for 27 months and made a sexual harm prevention order for, for 10 years, restricting his contact with children and his use of the internet. This sentence reflected an early plea, guilty plea at Magistrates Court which attracted a third discount in the length of the custodial term. I'm afraid to say only immediate custody is appropriate in this case, given the total gravity, he said. Judge Jackson further ordered the forfeiture and destruction of the devices which are contained in decent images of children. Ex-pool to become new homes at last. A developer has finally been found to build homes on the site of an eyesore former swimming pool after years of delays. Worcester City Council said it has found a developer to build up to 50 homes on the former site of Sanson Walk Swimming Pool with councillors meeting next week to discuss contract plans. Councillors will also decide whether to approve adding almost half a million pounds to the project's budget. If the additional money is approved, it means the cost of demolishing the building and preparing the land for development will have increased to £2.63 million. The Council's preferred developer remains a secret for now, with confidential papers not revealing who the Council would like to see build the homes. A City Council spokesman said the developer could not yet be revealed because the report contained commercially sensitive information, but it would be revealed in the next few weeks. The council awarded DSM Demolition the £1.3 million contract for demolishing the former swimming pool in Sanson Walk in Worcester at the end of last year. Demolition has been hit by several delays since closing just over four years ago. The council is now saying the building will be demolished by September 2021, but the homes will not be built until 2024. A city baker delivered a much needed sweet treat for frontline workers at the intensive care unit in Worcestershire Royal Hospital. Sam Barriscale from Mar Baker in Worcester answered the call to bring in some sweet treats to start working at the hospital. Team leader at the hospital in Worcester, Adam Flewellen, said, The staff here are simply incredible and I wanted to show my appreciation and keep spirits high. I asked Sam if he could help and he agreed without hesitation. I brought the baked goods in for the nurses last week and they loved it. It is the little things like that that help when things are tough. All the staff here work so hard on, and are up against it day in and day out. A small token of appreciation goes such a long way. Mr Barriscale added, Adam came to me wanting to source some treats for the staff at the hospital 
and all I did was throw in a few cakes for the nurses. There is nothing much any of us can do but stay at home to help them. Sending the cakes up to the nurses as a small token is the least I could do for the people risking their lives every day to keep us safe. This comes after we reported yesterday the number of people in the county's hospitals with coronavirus is at its highest ever in the latest figures. Data shows 224 patients were in hospital with the virus on January the 5th. See worcestershirenews.co.uk for more latest news from Worcestershire Royal Hospital. Site Concern Worcestershire is developing new services to support people living with sight loss and or visual impairment with their family and carers during the pandemic. A new Facebook page has been created alongside a moderated discussion group so that people living with a visual impairment and their carers can have a safe space to discuss their issues and needs. They will be able to find and request useful information and advice on how to cope with life's daily challenges and be offered support by sight loss advisors who will regularly provide discussion topics, answer questions and deliver up-to-date information. For more details, either join the Site Concern Worcestershire support page on Facebook and send a direct message or contact info at siteconcern.co.uk. The telephone befriending service has almost tripled in the numbers reached over the past nine months, providing the people who need it with a friendly volunteer to give them a regular call for a chat. If you think this service would be of benefit to you or someone you know, or you would like to offer your services as a volunteer, please call or email Jackie Morrell, Volunteer Coordinator, on 07507 eight three zero five four six or her email address is j dot murrell m u r r a l l at siteconcern.co.uk we are also beginning a joint venture in the new year with site advice south lakes and support for site essex to bring you regular monthly online and telephone group discussions over Zoom. These sessions are free to join and are on the second Thursday of the month at 10am. At February's meeting, there will be a talk from the blind poet, Dave Steele. The Worcester branch of Debenhams is one of a number to be closed permanently following the coronavirus lockdown. The chain has said it will permanently close six branches including the flagship Oxford Street shop, with a loss of 320 jobs. It said it had also told staff at stores in Worcester, Portsmouth, Staines, Harrogate and Weymouth last week that they will not be reopening. The company started a liquidation process last month after failing to secure a last-minute rescue sale. Debenham's administrator, FRP Advisory, said it is continuing to talk with potential suitors over the potential sale of all or parts of the business. The insolvency firm said it still intends to reopen as many stores as possible to sell off stock, 
despite coronavirus restrictions keeping non-essential retailers shut. It is the latest set of job cuts by Debenhams, which axed 2,500 staff in August and around 1,000 in May. One year cancer free. A brave Worcester schoolboy who captured the heart of the nation is one year cancer free. Oscar Saxelby Lee received the test results on Thursday, confirming that he has been cancer free for exactly a year despite being hospitalised on New Year's Eve. His mum, Olivia Saxelby, posted an update on the Hand in Hand for Oscar Facebook page, a fundraising platform which helped the Worcester schoolboy get treatment for leukaemia in Singapore that was not available on the NHS. It read, After being so poorly these past few weeks and reliving the fears he so longed to part from, he began to curl up into himself. He'd gone, even gone as far as questioning whether the disease that once ruled his life was back in his body. It has been ever so tough for him with lots of things happening and changing since New Year. He still has what feels like a million appointments and procedures to endure, but he sure is getting back to full strength. Who would have thought a boy whose life was deemed no longer to a boy who proved his right to live? Yes, you, Aussie bear, you moved mountains. Proud doesn't even cut it. Keep following those dreams, beautiful boy. Oscar was diagnosed with an aggressive T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukaemia in December 2018, when he was just four years old. Doctors gave him a three-month life-or-death race to find a stem cell match, and Oscar's parents, Olivia Saxelby and Jamie Lee, then launched a UK-wide appeal for donors, which led to a record-breaking 4,855 volunteers queuing in freezing rain at Pitmaston Primary School to get tested. After over 10,000 people were tested, a match was finally found in May last year. However, the turmoil didn't stop there and his cancer returned a few months later. After a crowdfunding campaign which raised £500,000, he and his family flew to Singapore for pioneering treatment not available on the NHS. Oscar was the second child in the world to undergo groundbreaking CART therapy before having his second bone marrow transplant on March the 13th from his dad who donated his cells. Oscar has now been cancer free for exactly 12 months following the treatment and flew back to his home in St John's in June this year. Major roadwork projects across Worcestershire will continue during the coronavirus lockdown. Worcestershire County Council announced schemes including the duelling of the Southern Link Road from the M5 to Poet Roundabout and the Pershore Infrastructure Scheme are still going ahead amid the disruption caused by the pandemic. This comes after the completion of work including the Hamsway footbridge and Pump Street in Worcester. Work is also continuing on the road improvements through St John's and on the reopening of Sabrina Bridge which was pushed back after flooding in Worcester before Christmas. Councillor Ken Pollock, Worcestershire County Council's Cabinet Member with Responsibility for Economy and Infrastructure said, We have some really important projects happening across the county and it's great news that work continues on these. Our contractors already have a number of measures put in place to ensure work can be undertaken safely. 
These are kept under review and will remain for as long as needed. The projects that we have already managed to deliver during the pandemic is a testament to the hard work of the teams involved. The St John's Roadwork Scheme, widely criticised by local residents and councillors, resumed on January the 4th after a Christmas break, which gave some welcome respite to people in the area. Sabrina Bridge is also set to reopen in the next few weeks, with work resuming after water levels on the River Severn receded. In addition, several planned schemes are set to commence in the coming months, including improvements in Hoobrook Roundabout in Kidderminster, walking and cycling improvements ahead of the Bronzegrove Route Enhancement Programme, and further works in Redditch as part of the Town Centre Improvement Programme. For more information about the Council's major projects and highways, visit www.worcestershire.gov.uk forward slash travel and roads. Hospital bosses have said they hope to resume operations for some cancer patients next week after it was revealed that only two people had been seen because of the surge in COVID cases. Paul Brennan, Chief Operating Officer at Worcester Acute Hospital's NHS Trust said, only two major cancer patients have been seen in hospital in the last week because of the number of people being admitted to hospital with COVID. The Trust took the decision to postpone all non-urgent operations last weekend to focus on those needing urgent and emergency care. We have had to close down to virtually all elective admissions across the two hospitals because of the level of COVID positive inpatients, Mr Brennan told the Acute Trust's board meeting on Thursday, January the 14th. Over the last seven days, we have actually only done two major cancer cases that we've been able to bring in. That is quite a significant concern. We are working with the independent sector to seek to get back up to the level of activity for particularly colorectal and urological cancer that we are going to in the first wave. The Trust said it would realistically be able to start again from Monday, January the 18th and was also hoping to find space at Worcester Royal Hospital for the treatments. Mr Brennan said numbers were rising rapidly with 250 people in hospital in Worcestershire with COVID on top of the people in intensive care. He said current levels were way beyond the peak in wave one, which was on October the 6th, when it was 141 patients. The Trust's Chief Operating Officer added that 60 staff had been redeployed to support critical care units across the Trust. Our focus at the moment is on managing the COVID and non-COVID patients in the hospital and then trying to find ways to enable us to undertake some complex cancer surgery on the Worcester site. Hospital Trust Chief Executive Matthew Hopkins said, On top of treating patients with COVID, hospitals still had a duty to provide urgent and emergency care for other illnesses, particularly cancer patients. He said, We have been refreshing our main objectives and as a consequence, we have had to make some difficult decisions in relation to prioritisation of treatment, particularly our respiratory clinical teams and particularly our cancer teams have been engaged, but also concerned about the implications of having to focus on making sure that we have capacity in place for the increasing numbers of patients with COVID that are needing our care. 
Worcestershire Acute Hospitals Trust raised millions of pounds through charging staff, patients and visitors to park last year, figures reveal. NHS digital data shows Worcestershire Acute Hospitals NHS Trust made around £2.4 million through parking charges and penalty fines in the year to March 2020. Of that, £1.8 million was paid by patients and visitors, while £613,910 was raked in through charging staff to park. Figures reveal that patients and visitors paid an average hourly rate of £1.50 at the most expensive of the Trust's four sites. Trade union GMB said charging NHS staff to park at work is disgraceful. Rachel Harrison, the union's national officer, said government cuts have inflicted a heavy toll on the NHS, but trusts should not be clawing that cash back by charging the people we rely on to keep us alive. The government announced last year that it would cover the cost of providing free car parking to NHS staff working in hospitals during the coronavirus pandemic. However, it said the scheme would end in all but certain circumstances as the pandemic eased over the summer. Patients' rights campaigners, the Patients' Association, said while billing people to park at NHS car parks is a charge on people who are unwell, it provides much needed income for trusts at a time when their finances are under pressure. A spokesman for the Department of Health and Social Care said in March, the government committed to making hospital car parking free for NHS staff for the duration of the pandemic and is providing additional money to NHS trusts to cover the costs of implementing this. Any surplus income generated from hospital car parks not used to fund the provision of car parking, such as security and maintenance, must be reinvested into frontline care. Two county bakers have been given the opportunity to show off their skills on Channel 4's junior version of the Great British Bake Off. Junior Bake Off sees youngsters aged between 9 and 15 enter the famous tent to show off their baking skills. Junior Bake Off starts with 16 contestants competing in two separate week-long heats. Each heat will feature eight bakers who will face technical bakes and showstopper challenges. Only the best will get through to the third and final week, having put their cake, biscuit, bread and pastry making skills to the test. In the first heat are Worcestershire Wonders, Charlie and Erin. Ten-year-old Charlie lives in Worcester. He has a younger sister and two pet dogs, Lily and Olive. He learnt to bake with his mum and grandma Pat. He loves using his grandma's recipes and has won the local autumn show's flapjack competition twice with her family recipe. Charlie is also a striker for his local football team and loves cars, coding and technology. Full of energy, Charlie is always on the go. His logical brain helps him to conquer more challenging recipes and he likes to take on technical bakes such as platted loaves, Battenberg cakes, Swiss rolls and anything with caramel in it. 13-year-old Erin, whose address given only as Worcestershire, is one of three triplet sisters. She has a passion for animals and sees herself becoming a zoologist when she's older. She also loves trampolining, ballet and aerial dance with hoops and silks. As a triplet, 
Erin got into baking when her mum had to entertain her three children without the chaos of leaving the house. From 18 months old, she was making a mess with the eggs and flour, and she was captivated by the magic of seeing her mum make a cake. Erin is now confident with all areas of baking, including puff pastry. The series began airing Monday to Fridays on Channel 4 at 5pm from January the 11th. Comedian Harry Hill hosts with Ravnit Gill and Liam Charles as the judges. A city doctor has sought to ease fears about the rising infection rate in the city after two arthritis drugs were approved for use in the fight against coronavirus. The medicines Sarilumab and Tocilizumab, which are used to treat arthritis, have been approved for use to treat severe COVID cases and are being used at Worcestershire Royal Hospital. There are suggestions the drugs could reduce the risk of death by 24% following strong results in trials. Dr Jason C. Woodery, GP at Barbon Medical Centre in Worcester, said the approval of the arthritis medicines for use on the most severe COVID patients is another reason to stay positive despite the dire situation currently. The Covid pandemic has caused excess deaths to rise to their highest level since World War II, he said. In 2020, there were close to 697,000 deaths in the UK, nearly 91,000 more than the average in the previous five years, representing an increase of 15% making it the largest rise in excess deaths for more than 75 years. This has caused a high degree of anxiety, worry and panic amongst patients and communities, which was compounded by the recent discovery of a new variant of the virus that is 70% more transmissible and more likely to infect children. This has put an enormous strain on the NHS resources and service delivery. There is no getting away from it, at this moment, the coronavirus situation seems pretty dire. However, there are more reasons to be positive. Two new life-saving COVID-19 treatments, namely sarilumab and tocilizumab, that could cut hospital waiting times by 10 days and reduce the risk of death by 24% for critically ill patients, have now been approved. It is absolutely essential that we all comply with the rules to reduce the spread disease burden and death rate from COVID-19 infection and protect the NHS. The vaccine rollout is in full swing in Worcestershire and Dr Siwudery says the expectation is that most adults will have received their jabs by the autumn. Mass vaccination has now started, he said. Over 2.5 million patients in the UK have been vaccinated, starting with those at highest risk. By mid-February, all those in tiers one and two will be vaccinated and it is expected that by autumn all adults will be vaccinated. Reassuringly, the new variant is unlikely to render either the Pfizer or the Oxford's AstraZeneca vaccines ineffective. Both vaccines are licensed to be given three and four weeks apart respectively. However, to ensure that more people are vaccinated, the government has increased this interval to 12 weeks which may potentially affect the effectiveness of the vaccine. Some shops, restaurants and bars in Worcester are still trading despite the lockdown. 
you can just find them online now instead of popping in. Here is a list of clothing and independent food and drink businesses in Worcester which are currently operating a click and collect and or delivery service. The list has been developed by Visit Worcester. Businesses on the list are updated as often as possible, but it is advised that you check with each business directly before visiting or ordering. Fashion shops. Bon Marche is doing an online delivery. Jojo Mama Baby do click and collect and online delivery. Claire's do online delivery. Embrace Boutique, online delivery. Little Italy Boutique. Click and Collect and Online Delivery, Fat Face Online Delivery, Fat Lip Shop Online Delivery, H&M Online Delivery, The New England Country Store Online Delivery, New Look Online Delivery, Next Click and Collect and Online Delivery, Phase 8 Online Delivery, Roman Originals Online Delivery, Sassy Boutique Online Delivery, Swan Boutique Online Delivery, Top Shop Online Delivery and White Stuff Online Delivery. And then Independent Food and Drink Outlets, Auntie M's Tea and Toy Emporium Delivery, Barbourne Cider Delivery, Black and White, Takeaway and Delivery, Bottles, Online Delivery, Centenary Lounge, Takeaway, Cheese to Please, Delivery, Chill Your Beans, LDT Limited, Online Delivery, The Chocolate Deli, Click and Collect, Coffee Dough, Takeaway, Crumpets and Coffee Lounge, Takeaway, Click and Collect. Fred's of Worcester, Takeaway. Fugo Neapolitan Pizza and Grill, Click and Collect. Heroes, Online Delivery. Hop Lords, Delivery. M&M Meats, Online Delivery and Collection. Method Coffee Roasters, Takeaway. Our Taste of Portugal, Takeaway and Delivery. Pack It In, Zero Waste Living, Collections and Delivery. Piston Distillery, Online Delivery. Sid Smith Butchers, Delivery. And Wayland's Yard, Delivery. More county businesses have shown their support for the popular St Richard's Hospice Elephant Trail. The Herefordshire and Worcestershire Chamber of Commerce, along with the Himbleton Company, AA Salt have both sponsored elephants for this year's trail which will see 30 colourful elephant sculptures forming a trail around the city between July and September. The large sculptures will also be joined by smaller elephant calf models which will be covered in artwork designed by students and community groups with the large sculptures being auctioned off once the project ends. Sharon Smith, CEO Herefordshire and Worcestershire Chamber of Commerce said, we're delighted to see the Chamber involved in Worcester's big parade this year. 
having previously supported the giraffe trail through the city and which brings back many fond memories. We're looking forward to choosing another eye-catching design to grace our wonderful city and bring the whole community together once again. Snow Clearance and gritting firm AA Salt will be sponsoring a large elephant and one of the smaller sculptures which will be donated to Charford First School in Bromsgrove. Nicky Rogers, AA Salt's Managing Director said, we absolutely love being involved in the Stands Tour project two years ago and really wanted to show our support again in this latest initiative which I'm certain will also be amazing for the city after the difficult year everyone has had. What we love about the project is that it not only raises much needed funds for an amazing charity, but it also gets local school children and the community involved. Sarah Matthews, Business Development Manager at St Richard's said, we are absolutely thrilled that AA Salt Services are joining us once again after their incredible support for the Worcester Stands Tall two years ago. The AA Salt Services team shows a fantastic giraffe design last time, which paid tribute to Edward Elgar and even played one of his compositions by scanning a QR code on your phone. We're sure the team's keen eye for design will bring another wonderful sculpture to life this summer. West Midlands Ambulance Service says it fully recognises the pressure staff are suffering during the pandemic and is offering support. The service was commenting after a recent national survey of staff by the GMB Union found three out of four were at breaking point, suffering low morale, said the crisis was now much worse than the first lockdown last March and were calling for better protective equipment. Tasha Starkey, clinical team mentor for the ambulance service, wrote on social media, Back to work tomorrow after five days off. Never needed it so much. Honestly counting the shifts down until annual leave. Work isn't a happy or enjoyable place to be at the moment. I think it's fair to say we're all struggling at the moment. Please stay at home. A West Midlands Ambulance Service spokesman said, As a service, we fully recognise the pressure staff are under during the current pandemic, which is why helping them to maintain both their physical and mental health is so important. Our staff have access to a wide range of support mechanisms, such as the highly regarded staff advice and liaison service, which provides peer support 24-7. The trust employs two dedicated mental wellbeing practitioners to ensure staff requiring assistance can get it very rapidly. This is in addition to our occupational health provision and private counselling if required. Hundreds of our staff have also trained as mental health first aiders, each ambulance hub has a quiet room and last year we increased the level of management support on all of our hubs. With regards to PPE as a service, we have gone above and beyond to protect our staff, their families and our patients throughout the pandemic and we will continue to do so. We have never had a shortage of PPE. We were the first ambulance service in the country to provide powered respirator hoods for individual staff members. A super slimmer from Worcester, who lost six stone in 12 months, is challenging everyone to make a positive lifestyle change, even with the hardships of lockdown. With the new lockdown and darker weather, many people are foregoing their usual exercise and healthy eating, 
But Kaylee Gilbert from Warnden Villages has kept going with her remarkable progress serving as an inspiration to her fellow slimmers. The 35-year-old began her weight loss journey in January last year and a year on she has lost an incredible six stone. She said, in January last year I was unhappy with my weight, felt uncomfortable in my clothes and I really didn't want to admit that I needed to buy bigger size clothing. When lockdown happened, I was a little concerned it might have impacted on my ability to reach my goals, but I'm really proud that I've kept going and am feeling better than I have in a long time. A member of her local Swimming World group, Mrs Gilbert, said the support of her fellow members has been vital. She added, even with Christmas and New Year, I realised my goals are totally achievable. All I have to do is to believe in myself and food optimise. Achieving my six stone award in exactly one year is something I never thought I could do. But with the support of my consultant and my group, albeit virtual at the moment, I really did do it. Mrs Gilbert's daughter Erin said her mum has much more confidence now and no longer shies away from mirrors. I love how mum's confidence has grown. It's so nice to see. More than half of adults have found it difficult to manage their weight during the COVID-19 lockdown, according to the results of an online survey involving 800 UK adults, which was presented at the European and International Congress on Obesity held online this year. Slimming World consultant Sam Crosswell said, I'm so proud of the way Kaylee has got to grips with food optimising and never lets anything get in her way. We were able to return to physical groups for a couple of weeks when the last lockdown eased and it was incredible to see the transformation in her, both physically and emotionally. When she walked into the room, there were gasps of amazement. A family of otters have been spotted playing in the debris under Worcester Bridge. Resident and nature lover Jill Cutler said, I spotted them playing in the rubbish on Friday. I was shocked. I've never seen otters before, let alone in the city. They were beautiful to watch. The Worcestershire Wildlife Trust believes otters are living in almost every waterway in the county. Back in November, otters were spotted swimming in the brook in Goulevelt Park. The furry mammals have been struggling to survive in the wild as their natural habitats have been destroyed by intensive farming and pollution. However, these sightings indicate that the quality of Worcestershire's waterways is improving and food, such as fish and small amphibians, is much more plentiful than it was 50 years ago. Reaction among Worcester News readers on our Facebook page was mixed. Katie Bradley posted, this is so sweet, it's a shame my boys miss seeing them. Kerry Whitehouse added, how utterly lovely. Paul Green added, fab, so cute, great to see them taking back control. However, many readers were concerned about the effect otters have on other animals. Ben Lowe posted, yes, the resident fish, swans, ducks, etc, etc, are all loving the otters. Horrible things. Unfortunately, now we're seeing the results of way too many of these apex predators being reintroduced. Andrew Mitchell added, 
Yeah, they're great at eating everything that moves, including ducks, young swans, and all wildlife on the rivers. And that ends our general news. Now we've got a couple of sports uh, articles. The first one being the basketball. Bristol Flyers 73, Worcester Wolves 76. Back-to-back -back wins after two thrillers. Worcester Wolves made it a double of weekend wins by following up Friday's 73-71 cliffhanger over Cheshire Phoenix with another tense victory at Bristol Flyers on Sunday. Worcester's welcome third win in a row gives them an even 4-4 win-loss record and pushes them up to fifth place in the British Basketball League. It was another close one, confessed coach Matt Newby. But that's the standard of the league now. Not many matches will be blowouts this season. Yes, it became tight by the end, but ultimately we got the win and were also able to rotate players throughout the match and continue to blend players into our systems. I can't be anything but happy that we got the win. Taking confidence from the nervy win on Friday against Cheshire Wolves began the game strongly against the Flyers. Big man pairing of Jordan Williams and Mike Parks set out their stall early, slotting in all of the points in an unanswered 9-0 start. But Bristol bounced back to restrict the visitors to an 18-16 first quarter edge. Parks hooked the ball over his counterpart. Marcus Delpesh and playmaker Martin Baunich drained successive three-pointers to leave Flyers calling for timeout. Williams continued to make his presence felt and Buchnitsch drilled another triple at the half-time buzzer to keep Worcester 37-32 in front at the interval. Bristol's inside resistance took a blow early in the second half as an accumulation of fouls forced Del Pesce and latest recruit Justin Baker to take seats on the bench. Josh McSwiggan emphasised his return from a lengthy injury with a head-down drive and thunderous slam, but Flyers managed to maintain their shape. By the final minute, a turnaround jumper from Anderson put matters on at 72-69 before multiple rebounds and a final decisive putback from Raphael Thomas Edwards kept the results in the balance with 21 seconds to go. Exchange of free throws between Anderson and Bristol guard Josh Welcher and a last gasp, missed heave from the latter, decided the win for Worcester. Anderson led all scorers with 21 points, supported by 18 from Williams. Wolves host title-challenging Leicester Riders this Friday at 7 o'clock. Bath Rugby's experienced Premiership duo of Will Chudley and Christian Judge have both been linked to a move to Worcester Warriors for the 21-22 season. Rumours are also circling about the future of Warriors South African scrum half Francois Ugard, whose contract is up in the summer, with strong interest from back home with the Blue Bulls, the club where he started his career. 30-year-old scrum half Chudley is supposedly the man Alan Solomons wants to replace Hugard with, and the former Exeter Chief certainly brings a wealth of experience, having played for the reigning Premiership champions for six seasons between 2012 and 2018. 
He then made the move to Bath, but now has Will Spencer ahead of him in the pecking order. So the move would make sense from his point of view, but would also help Warriors' younger nines. Tight head prop judge is the other recruit being lined up by Solomons as he looks to implement a level of experience into this already youthful looking Warriors squad. Judge helped Saracens to their Premiership title two years ago after learning his trade in the Championship with the likes of Cornish Pirates, Bedford Blues and Plymouth Albion. The rugby paper also suggested Worcester are interested in 32-year-old former Ospreys and ex-Welsh international hooker Scott Baldwin. Baldwin has strong links with now Warriors head coach Jonathan Thomas who played alongside him in South Wales during their time with the Ospreys. The now Harlequins man is a mobile forward but also plays in a position where Warriors are not necessarily at their weakest but potentially another nod to adding more old heads within the group. That ends our reading from the newspaper. The obituaries will follow the music. From myself and Ian, until next time, goodbye and thank you. John Samuel Joseph Sheen passed away peacefully on December the 11th at St Richard's Hospice, aged 76. The funeral service has taken place but if anyone wishes to make a donation in John's memory for St Richard's Hospice or Help the Heroes, these may be sent to F.W. Spilsbury in Malvern. Derek Brian Walters, known as Dick, former DBW Taxis, passed away in hospital on the 17th of December, aged 94. Due to COVID restrictions, the service is limited by invitation only. No flowers by request, but donations to Great Ormond Street Hospital, care of George Crump and Son, Droitwich. Bertha Frederick Cartwright passed away peacefully at home on December the 23rd, aged 88. The funeral service to take place at the Vale Crematorium. If you wish to attend, please contact Rob or Julian for further details. Family flowers only with donations to Diabetes UK sent care of Bedwidding Funeral Services, Worcester. Anna Popovic passed away peacefully in hospital on Christmas day, aged 57. Due to COVID restrictions, a private funeral service will take place at the Vale Crematorium on Wednesday the 20th of January. Family flowers only, but donations to the Cats Protection League. Frank Charles Crompton passed away peacefully on Christmas Day at Fernhill House Care Home, aged 89. Donations, if desired, may be sent to Alzheimer's Research and sent to AV Brat Band Funeral Directors, Worcester. Glyn Henry Booth passed away peacefully at home on December the 26th, aged 71. A private cremation will take place. Family flowers only, please, but donations, if desired, for St Richard's Hospice may be left on the collection plate or sent to E.J. Gummery & Sons, Worcester. 
Trevor Edward Macy passed away on the 26th of December at home in Horford. Anyone who wishes to celebrate Trevor's life once we can all travel, contact Beck Reeves' daughter on beckreeves at hotmail.co.uk. There will be a private cremation. Anne Hilary Griffiths, nay Ellsbury, of Upton Snodsbury, passed away peacefully at the Royal Shrewsbury Hospital on December the 26th, aged 79. Funeral service to take place at Fens Meadow near Whitchurch on Thursday, January the 28th at 12 noon. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if desired, to Cancer Research UK. All inquiries to Frank Painter and Sons. Anne Jacob, nay Skidmore, passed suddenly away in hospital on the 30th of December, aged 72. Funeral service at St George's Catholic Church on Tuesday the 19th of January at 11.30. Invited family and friends only due to COVID restrictions. Family flowers by request, but donations if desired for St Richard's Hospice. Uh, sent to E.J. Gummery and Son in Worcester. Philip Edward Atwood, formerly of Alfric, passed away peacefully on the 28th of December, aged 73. A private cremation will take place. Family flowers only, please, but donations, if desired, for Alzheimer's Research UK may be sent to E.J. Gummery in Worcester. Royston Busty Lloyd, passed away on January the 1st, aged 73 years. Funeral service will take place at Worcester Crematorium on Friday the 22nd of January at 12.15pm. Family flowers only please, but donations can be made to Lymphoma Action. Brian William Overton passed away peacefully aged 88 on Sunday the 3rd of January 2021 at his home. A private funeral will take place on Friday the 29th of January 2021 at the Vale Crematorium, Flagbury, Family Flowers Only. Donations towards Cancer Research UK will be kindly received by Nick and Lizzie Davis of IC and SM Davis Funeral Directors. Terry Snowy Knight of Victoria Street passed away on the 4th of January 2021 after a long illness. Cremation at Worcester Crematorium on Wednesday 27th of January at 10.45am. Family flowers only. Donations if desired for Dementia Research UK may be left on donation plate, on collection plate or sent to EJ Gummery and Son. Elizabeth Lange, nay Goodingham, died in California from COVID-19 in January 2021. Sydney George Sid Webb passed away peacefully at home on January the 5th, 2021, aged 83 years. Funeral service at Worcester Crematorium on Friday 22nd of January at 10am. Invited family and friends due to COVID restrictions. Family flowers only please, but donations if desired for Alzheimer's Research UK may be left on the collection plate at the crematorium or sent to E.J. Gummery and Son. Doreen Ann Andrews, 
formerly of Lucerne Close Worcester, passed away peacefully on January the 6th, aged 84 years. A private cremation will take place. No formal collection, but donations if wished to a charity of your choosing in memory of Doreen, please. Wayne Neil Phillips of Borrowdale Drive, Worcester, passed away on January the 7th, aged 71 years. Graveside funeral, Aswood Cemetery on Friday, February the 5th at 11am. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if desired, for St Richard's Hospice may be sent to Merstow Green Funeral Home. Margaret Priest passed away peacefully on January the 9th at Worcestershire Royal Hospital. Due to Covid restrictions, a private funeral service will take place attended by immediate family and invited friends only. Thomas Tommy George passed away peacefully at Worcester Royal Hospital on January the 2nd, aged 78. Our thoughts and prayers go to all the friends and families of those people who have recently died.